2: OBS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 1916. I'm your host, Jeff Altman, The Big Game Hunter, and welcome. Today's show, as I've been doing during August, is an interview from a a while ago. I did an interview on Voice of the Job Seeker and that's Mark Anthony Dyson's show where we talked about older workers and finding work and mistakes that they make on interviews. This is about 25 minutes long. I let the show play out its entirety without editing. The one correction I would make from the show is when he introduces me, he mentions what at that time had been my other show, Job Search Radio, Which I discontinued early in 2019, so no longer available. This show, uh, excuse me, this show, No BS Job Search Advice Radio, is on the road to 2,000th episode in November and its 10th anniversary. That show lasted five years and it became a little bit too much work and too much expense, so. Here we are. I'm giving you this interview about being an older worker. Hope you find it helpful. And by the way, you may have noticed I changed the title of the show ever so slightly. So it was not a bad word. And with that, let's get going.
0: Very much for joining us here on another edition of the Voice of Job Secrets. This is Mark, and you can find the show notes at thevoiceofjobseekers.com. Of course, I have another guest, and we're doing a blab. Jeff Altman is uh, a headhunter, has been for many years. Uh, his show is Job Search Radio. And I recommend you listening to it because there's so many practical strategies, as I have passed on other people like uh, like uh, Chris Russell and Dave Von Goddard. Uh, we're all after the same thing. Ryan Roten is to make sure that job seekers have the best information as possible. So we're calling this one. Uh, why does your interview skills suck? And a great guy that has a lot of experience, Jeff Altman. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing
2: fabulous.
0: All right. I love it. And again, uh, you can go to iTunes and download his podcast. I'll be sure to, to supply the link on the show notes uh, so that you can go to his blog where there's many videos and there's podcasts and uh, lots of information, eBooks, resources, just a plurithra <laughs> of uh, resources for job seekers everywhere. So uh, as part of this uh, discussion, I just want to be sure that we understand here. We're not saying that all of your skills suck. We just know that when it comes to the moment of truth, a lot of people just don't connect with the interviewer, which we can almost say that is probably should be one-on-one by now. Don't you think, Jeff? It's beyond
2: one-on-one. Yeah. the, the The basic thing job hunters miss on is they miss the point that the skills needed to find a job are different than the skills needed to do a job. Mm -hmm. So they think they can just walk into an interview and regurgitate a bunch of stuff and have everyone fall in love with them. Mm
0: -hmm. It doesn't
2: work that way, does it? No,
0: it doesn't work that way. And I think it's interesting that a lot of older job seekers – don't use some of the life experiences that they have had to connect with people. I mean, you would think, being that we're in the over-50 club, that one of the basic things is that we need to really connect with the person as much as, if not more important than answering the questions. I
2: think with older workers, it goes to an extra level as well. Mm-hmm. And that is they've bought the bull that just because they're over 50, or in my case, over 60,
0: mm-hmm. that
2: you know, that immediately they're going to be discriminated against. Yeah. So the result winds up being that they do nothing to prepare. They do no advance work. And they go into an interview and... And when they don't get the job, they blame it on their age when it's the lack of preparedness that's really the cause. Yeah. Uh, and as I know, you know, and I'm sure many of you other guests have, have said before, you know, you have to get ready for the interview. You know, yeah. there's work that you need to do in order to execute your plan. And you know, when folks don't do it, you know, they'd rather blame others than themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah so in 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 a session a coaching session where interviewing's involved and you're trying to tackle the top topic um, though we're our tendency might be to, as coach to kind of help them to understand ease them along pretty much we can be pretty blunt if we're over 50 somebody addressing somebody who's over 50 but somebody who's a little bit younger we kind of coddle them a little bit more because we give them a little bit more credit but do you feel like sometimes in your coaching experience that the 50 year old 50 plus will act more like a a child (laughs) uh, just coming out of college and they don't know what to do it's worse
2: because they know better yeah, and they've gotten lazy, and they're at the point in their career where they go, "I don't have to do this. I can just walk in and wing it." Mm-hmm. And I don't know any professional athletes who walk in and wing it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Neither- but these folks, these folks are making millions of dollars a year, and those are the guys who sit on the bench, mm-hmm. right? Right. <laughs> so the talent understands that talent isn't enough; mm-hmm. that you have to practice so that the talent. Can really you know, show itself, yeah. uh, and that you can execute at the drop of a hat. So, for the older worker, they get fat, dumb, dumb, and happy.
0: Yeah, yeah, and mixed with the fact that they get advanced degrees when they're older, that mm-hmm. kind of that can either be a fuel for excitement. And uh, I've seen where. Um, you know, they they're invigorated uh, as they start to now they start to research a little bit more because they're fresh out of school. And then there's other ones that kind of say, hey, this is just something else in my arsenal. Not only do I have the bat gun, I have the bat rope, and I have all else. And there's a false sense of security. So in your estimation and your experience, how do you address that?
2: You know, I'll speak for myself and just Mm -hmm. say that you know I'm a guy who's done coach training, Mm -hmm. and I know how inspiring going back for a degree or training can be. You know, I went for a master's in my 40s, and now the coaching work that I do and Mm -hmm. the training there. And when I talk to job hunters, I have that experience of being excited again Mm -hmm. after years of feeling like this has gotten to be mundane the biggest issue in converting the education experience is often the people who are teaching you don't have the experience of transitioning this knowledge into the world of work. Mm-hmm. So they fill people with a bunch of platitudes and expectations that are completely unreasonable because you still got the resume behind you. And an employer needs to get educated as to, okay, I'm, I'm beyond the resume.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, 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 no selling is going on. No motivation is going on. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there to convince anyone that just because I got my master's or just because I got my PhD, I've exceeded being a developer yeah. <laughs> or I've exceeded being an engineer. Yeah. So you know, there's work that has to get done by by anyone getting that advanced degree later on in life, mm-hmm. in in order to demonstrate that you're beyond the average. So
0: okay. Well, let's ride on that a little bit. What are what are what are some other mistakes that uh, uh, the fifty and over uh, job seekers tend to make in their interviewing uh, during the interview process and preparing for an interview, other than not preparing?
2: <laughs> so, there's bad preparation, and then there's great preparation. Mm-hmm. So. Let me just simply say that the standard interview that most people get ready for is the one that starts off with, tell me about yourself. And you do. Mm -hmm. And you go back and forth with interview karate a few times. They throw a punch, you throw up a block, Mm -hmm. and on and on and on. until eventually they say, so do you have any questions for us? You say, tell me about the job. And they do. And you go, sounds great. And they say, we'll get back to you. And that's a Mm -hmm. typical interview. Here's a better approach. Instead of waiting for them to throw the first uh, question out, mm-hmm. whether it's a phone interview or an in-person interview, what I tell people to do is start off the conversation by, by saying, Hey, thank you so much for making the call. Now, I spoke with Mark about the the position and he gave me a brief description, but I wanted to get your take on it. Could you tell me about the job as you see it and what I can do to help? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that gets you told about the job. They'll tell you about the position right off the bat, at the beginning of the interview, when you can use that information to your advantage.
0: Sure. And you can also use that, uh, use that time to connect with the interviewer because most people don't take control or don't assume some control at the beginning. They're expecting to be interrogated, which, again, is definitely a wrong, wrong mindset you bet and and just by asking that question you've instantly
2: layered the, uh, leveled the playing field from superior subordinate to two people having a conversation and and like someone who's a, a salesperson you know who goes out on a sales call they don't mm-hmm. walk in and go oh let me tell you everything about our product or service can do now they ask you know consultative questions mm-hmm. what sort of problem do you have you know so that this way they can address it in the context of what the customer needs instead of just taking out their briefcase, opening it up and going, Oh, you look like someone who could use (laughs) pins. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'll say it time and time again, people listen to the show, the whole idea of interviews to have a conversation Mm is not the Spanish inquisition by any means. So, you know, in building a conversation uh, in Maybe one other tip where people can kind of feel like they can assume some control or there's a partnership going on in the conversation for the interview so that they, can, they can be seen in that position rather than feel like they're auditioning for a play.
2: So right off the bat, that question does a good job because Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the interview, you're getting the data that you need to talk about what you've done that matters to them instead of talk about what you've done. Mm -hmm. And and those are two different levels of relationship. You know, in in the former case, it's two peers having a conversation Mm -hmm. versus the other one, you're opening yourself up to the inquisition. So, you know. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. Because from their standpoint, once you know what they're looking for and you talk about what you've done that matters to them, you're going to get their curiosity going. Yeah, And that's really what you want to be doing. You don't want to go through the Inquisition where they're sitting back and going, okay, okay. Um, Let's now talk about uh, the bottom of page four of your resume, right. where you say that in 1984, you did, uh, yeah. you know, you're going to engage the audience, and that's really what you want to be doing. You know, your job is to recognize that, you know, you're on the stage, and it's opening night. Mm-hmm. And even though you may have been asked these same questions over and over again on different interviews, to the audience, it's fresh. Now, I remember seeing the play Cats when it was on Broadway. Okay. And although I hid the play, you can't imagine what it was like for the cast every night to, to sing the song, you know, memories. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, every night, eight performances a week, they've got to deliver those lines and make it seem fresh. Mm-hmm. And, and job hunters don't do that. You know, they sit there bored all the time because they're being asked the same stuff. And you've got an audience that's paid premium money to sit there and
0: wait for your performance and they really want to like it. Well, you inferred to something that was really important, even though you want to have a conversation, there's also a presentation going on. There is. Uh, And there have been surveys and studies and you've seen them where really that's where people kind of fall short. And that they're understanding they're not presenting themselves they're not there's not um because of a lack of research and 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 connection uh the presentation often falls short what parts of the presentation just seems to work really well uh especially for the older uh job seeker who really a lot of their people come in and uh, a lot of their younger peers come in and they present real well and that their heart and minds are all set to go. Uh, instead, um, they kind of fall short on the aspect of, of you know, that they've got – it doesn't have to be a PowerPoint presentation, though that's not a bad idea. But uh, where, do, where can they go right in presenting themselves?
2: Number one is with energy. Yeah, you know, you know the the audience that is interviewing you. Mm-hmm. That's really what's going on. I, I refer to it as theater the in, you know, the theater of interviewing. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to understand that the audience has to be engaged because otherwise they're sitting there and they're thinking about lunch, they're thinking about that task they left to talk to you, and they mm-hmm. become distracted. In other words, they mentally channel surf. Yeah. So, so you've got to keep them engaged. And for the older worker in particular, they've gotten lazy and they've forgotten the fact that they've got to sell themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as soon as they see someone 30 sitting in front of them, they go, mm-hmm. Oh damn. <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting this job. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, instead of redoubling their efforts. So what works is energy What works is passion and the you know, the underlying question invariably for the older worker being interviewed by the younger one is, can this old guy take direction for me? Or mm-hmm. is he just going to be my father telling me what to do? My mm-hmm. mother who's nagging me all the time yeah. and that sort of stuff. So he kind of recognized you know, that dynamic because, you know, you've got your story about this and he or she has their story about it. Yeah. So you got to co-opt it uh, and just basically say, hey, look, i you know, I've been a, a good number two for an organization now for the last five years. And right
0: off the bat, you're saying I take direction. Sure, sure, <laughs> I, sure. But I think, too, is that if people use social media effectively and that they're pointing a lot of their profiles and their content, if they're producing content, still a lot of job seekers don't see the advantage of using pointing to their profiles and helping them put their work out there kind of takes away a lot of the guesswork for the interviewer and in the fact that to say that you've seen my, you've seen my uh, interviews, you've seen my work, you've seen my presentation on SlideShare. Then, then the discussion kind of, the paradigm kind of changes from kind of figuring out who you are to actually talking about the work, as, which is where the sweet spot is for everyone.
2: You betcha. So, you know, I'm a big advocate for social.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, I'm a guy who you know has more than 1,500 YouTube videos and you know eight books and 13 guides and you know I write for Recruiter.com and mm-hmm. for LinkedIn and mm-hmm. you know I've got three podcasts and you know it all comes through my LinkedIn profile. It all comes through my website. Mm-hmm. So that when people learn about me, they have a way to, to say hey, this guy isn't a typical headhunter or this is quite an unusual coach, you know, uh, in terms of content production. And they learn about me and they learn to trust me Mm -hmm. because of those experiences. Mm -hmm. For a job hunter, they have the opportunity to brand themselves as a distinct expert. And not using social is is a huge miss because the impact of that is you're just another slob sitting in the chair of the interviewer. Yeah. And you've got to prove yourself that much more versus, well, let's say I come in to meet with someone I'm wearing my headhunter hat that day. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, right off the bat they, they've discovered a lot about me and they believe that I can solve their problem. It's yeah. obviously up to me to, to actually do it. Mm-hmm. But for the job hunter, isn't it better to be advantaged walking in the door than just being another
0: person that they're
2: evaluating?
0: Not only that, but you can say even near the end of the interview, hey, have you seen my YouTube channel? LinkedIn, a uh, uh, blog, my personal website, you should go see it so that you're sticking out even after the interviews, you're being memorable. And I think people, the first reaction usually is, well, I don't want to have to do all that. Well, <laughs> where do you want to do all that? I mean, sorry, you,
2: know? <laughs> you got to be a grown up here and take the medicine. Yeah, so. So being a grown up in this market, being an adult, being a winner in this market is advantaging yourself and creating that predisposition to you and your experiences. So even in the course of the conversation, you know, you can be more graceful, you know, when a question comes up. Uh, and and say something like, I did a piece in my blog around those lines where I spoke to that very issue. Mm -hmm. And suddenly they hear, I did an article for the blog, and and they're curious now to read the whole thing. And once they get to the site, they go exploring, and they suddenly get a much bigger sense of what you and your expertise is like. Now, obviously, it doesn't work for an administrative assistant to do that, but But and and that admin obviously shouldn't point them to the Instagram channel where where he or she is in one provocative version of behavior versus another. Right. But but there's just so many opportunities for individuals these days that didn't exist when I started recruiting to really stand out from the pack, which Mm -hmm. is what you want to always be doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely standing out and being memorable are are. Two things you want to leave the interviewer with, uh, something to keep their curiosity even after the interview, and instead of just trying to leave it all on the table, you should should have a story that has a continuing saga. That's that's the way I I think most of the successful um, uh, people we interview, uh, that's how it works out so that they're checking you out even after you leave and not just when you're there.
2: You betcha. And there's one other thing that I think always creates a great impression on the interview, Uh and that is making it clear to the interviewer that you're not just trying to do adequate work, that you want to be a high performer. So in that standard interview example that I gave, when you're given the time to ask questions, most people ask about the job at that
0: point. Uh
2: But in the model that I gave that's done at the beginning of the interview. Right. So you can't start off the back end that way. Right. So I had the idea that the first question, you know, what I ask is, so let's say they hire me and it's a year from now, mm-hmm. And I haven't just done a good job. I've done a spectacular job amongst the best that you've ever seen in a role like this. Mm-hmm. What would I have accomplished during that year that would cause you to think that way?
0: Ah. And that's a great question in getting some really good uh, really set a really good foundation for the relationship and expectations for you, so you know what, how to walk in.
2: And you also get some great information because I do remember an episode years ago where a client of mine called me up out of the blue and said, I made a terrible mistake. Mm -hmm. What happened? And basically they found they stepped into a situation where they were asked to take over a project because the previous managers had left. Mm -hmm. And that guy had spent 80% of the money and done 20% of the work. Mm -hmm. Had he known that beforehand, he never would have taken this job because he was basically hired to take the fall. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's something to be said about intuition. When you hear some clues that uh, need to prompt you uh, to ask additional questions, you need to be ready. Research is going to cover so much, but you also got to cover your, you got to have your gut instincts to kind of cover the other part too. And trust them. Trust your instincts to ask those questions because there, I'm sure there are clues that were throughout the interview that had said so well why this person's pushing so hard on expectations well they looked at the budget and seen that the budget's a shortfall <laughs> for the next person so you and you could have found that out in your interview but you know you shouldn't shoot on all, all over people as as uh, has been said to me and i believe that's that's the truth jeff if uh, is are there any tips that you want to leave people with as we come to a close here
2: Biggest thing I always tell people that they don't do, that they need to do, is practice. And when most people practice, they only practice in their heads. Yeah. The words have to actually come out of your mouth. Now, if if folks visit my my website, you know, thebiggamehunter.us, mm-hmm. and go to the blog. I've got hundreds of videos with some of the tough interview questions, plus the brain teasers that some firms still insist on asking. Mm -hmm. So you can hear my answers to it. But more importantly, when you hear the question, just stop the recording for a minute and give your version of the answer and and how you tell it. Uh, So you have to just practice hearing your answers so that this way you can go, oh, man, that was awful. (laughs) (laughs) and if you think all of them are, are good coming out of the gate you're not paying attention trust me i've interviewed so many people and answers to tough interview questions most people do not do a good job of
0: yeah and it doesn't hurt to record yourself you've got a voice recorder on your phone more than likely use that then go back and listen to your answer And be objective as possible. Even have somebody who you know that does some hiring, even if they have some experience, maybe not extensive experience, they can tell you how you come across. And I think that will be great big help.
2: He, absolutely. You know, again, that practice with someone. Now, if you're too embarrassed to practice with someone else, you settle for doing it by yourself. But the ideal is the practice with someone else, especially if you're in a, what I'll call a technical discipline, accounting, yeah. engineering, IT, where you have the opportunity to partner up with someone who knows the technical subject matter and can critique how well and how crisply you answer those types of questions. It will go a long way toward helping you execute when you actually get to the interview.
0: Sure. Sure. Jeff, where can people find you if they want to know more about you and uh, your resources and uh, maybe even uh, interact with you?
2: So first of all, I'll say I'm launching a new site in the next couple of weeks called JobSearchCoachingHQ.com. It it is going to be a fabulous resource for job hunters with tons of content plus access to coaching from me so I can help you streamline the process. Mm -hmm. Now, in the meantime, you visit my website, which, as I mentioned before, is Mm TheBigGameHunter.us. And again, a ton of content there. And finally, if you would like to connect with me on LinkedIn, my address is linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash the big game hunter.
0: Good deal. Well, thank you so much, Jim, for joining us.
2: And Jeff,
0: we, come on, Jeff. Did yeah, I just, where did that come from? I don't know. I know you.
2: <laughs> I know you too. <laughs> but the audience um, may not, so I wanted to make sure. Jeff
0: Altman. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for being with the Voice of Job Seekers. And for the rest of you listening to Audio Land, uh, we are uh, concluding the show right here. Uh, if you want to uh, give me a call, call me at 708-365-9822. I'll also accept text there if you have any questions. In the meantime, uh, have a great week. and look forward to seeing you next week
2: that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful and if you did, here are a few more ways to get information and advice from me. First of all, visit my website which is TheBigGameHunter.us. Go to the blog. There's a lot there to help you with your job search, hiring more effectively, managing and leading and workplace related issues. In addition, if you're interested in my coaching you, there's a button there that says schedule. Schedule time for a free discovery call or schedule yourself in for coaching. a less expensive way is at the biggamehunter.us forward slash video answers where you leave a message for me and I'll respond with a three to five minute video. Connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash the big game hunter. I can assure you, your network will expand a lot by connecting with me. And finally, watch me on TV